Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's grab a hymnal and turn to page 477. He keeps me singing. We'll sing the first third and the last. First third and the last of 477. He keeps me singing.
page number 622 for our last song, 622. Thank you, Lord. appreciate you being here in the Lord's house tonight. Uh, I know a lot of probably thought, are we going to cancel services tonight? Well, we didn't get as much as what we were expecting, so we praise the Lord for that. I appreciate you being here. And uh, let me say this, that if there's ever a time you feel uh, like it's unsafe to come out, then uh, you can always listen to us on Facebook or uh, on our website. And so, I uh, encourage you to do that if you're uh, unable to make it here. And so I uh, do appreciate Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn making that available for us. All right, we're going to finish up the book of John, uh, the book of John chapter 21 tonight. I hope and pray that this uh, has been a blessing to you as much as it's been to me. Um, looking at the, how John portrays Christ in, in his book, and his, his gospel, and uh, we've seen a lot of uh, portraits of Christ. And um, we're, not, we're skipping over chapter 20. You might be thinking, well, what about chapter 20? I'm skipping over that because that's really dealing with, uh, here in April, we're going to be dealing with that in a little bit with uh, the Lord's uh, resurrection and things such as that. And so uh, tonight we're going to be in John chapter 21. After several months, we're finally finished with... Uh, the end of this journey, and I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope that uh, you have been encouraged as well as we see the portraits of Christ. And um, uh, tonight we're going to look at Jesus, a friend to sinners, a friend of sinners. Aren't you thankful that Christ is a friend of sinners, that he loved us uh, even while we were yet sinners? Christ died for us. And... Uh, this is a side of Jesus that I have become very familiar with in the 22 years that I've been saved. And uh, there have been many occasions when I've come to the Lord confessing my sins and my failures and, and seeking forgiveness and restoration. Uh, each time I've found him to be faithful, a faithful friend, a forgiving friend, a friend that's always there, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And even though I've fallen by the wayside time and time again, God has always been there to lift me up out of the miry pit and, and, uh, and to establish my goings and just get me going back on the right path. And um, 
Now, I know this chapter here in John chapter 21, it deals uh, a lot with Jesus, of course, but it also deals with Jesus and Peter. And that's what I want to focus our attention on uh, tonight. And as I do, I'd like to speak directly to those who, who aren't as close to the Lord today as you should be. Uh, I, I would say this, that if you've, been a, if you've served the Lord at all, there have been times in your life that you were closer to the Lord, or maybe, uh, maybe you're, right now you're as close to the Lord as you've ever been. I don't know. Uh, but there has been times when you've fallen away from uh, being that close fellowship with the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm talking about because you can't do that. I'm talking about uh, a, a, a people that have lost their fellowship with the Lord, that have grown cold on the Lord. And, and that's kind of where we find uh, Peter tonight. And we're going to look at that uh, uh, maybe there isn't a hot burning love for the Lord, his house, his word, or his people like there used to be. And maybe even your church attendance has become uh, a drudgery or a toil. And my duty is to tell you that it doesn't have to remain that way. Uh, that Jesus Christ is still a friend of sinners and and as we look into what the Lord did for Peter, I, I want you to know that he can do the same for you today as well. And uh, we're going to take a look uh, here, uh, look at four thoughts this evening about Jesus, a friend to sinners. I want you to notice uh, in John chapter 21, let's read just a couple verses here. It says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on the, 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 the wise showed him he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas uh, called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two others of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, Well, uh, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, just to break, a break open the word of life and just to feast on the manna tonight. Lord, I pray that you would give us, feed us, that you would give us something tonight that would help us uh, to get through the rest of the week. And Lord, we need you in a special way. Lord, we are so thankful that you are a friend to sinners. Lord, we love you and uh, just appreciate all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice, number one, I want you to notice uh, Peter's failure. Now, this goes back to Matthew chapter number 26 and verse uh, 20, uh, 69 through 75. It talks about what Peter did. And uh, let's just for the, uh, go ahead and turn back there. Matthew chapter number 26. Matthew 26, 69 through um, 75. It says, Now Peter sat without in the palace. And a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them uh, that were there that this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art 
uh, one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the crock the cock crew and Peter remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice and he went out and wept bitterly notice the failure here before we can uh, see how the Lord restored this fallen sinner this fallen preacher we must first understand what had happened to Peter and how he came to this position in the first place so I want you to notice uh, under this Peter's failure notice the place. Notice the place. Peter was in the wrong place altogether. In the beginning, Peter had boasted that he would that he would never forsake the Lord, that he would always be by his side, that though others would forsake him, he would always be there. Yet when the time came when Jesus was uh, was arrested, Peter, like all the others, forsook the Lord and they fled. However, in verse fifty eight of of uh, our te- uh, of uh, John twenty one, uh, no, I'm sorry, back in Matthew. I- Matthew 26, let's see what it says there. 26 verse 58, it says, But Peter followed him afar off unto a high place, uh, the high priest's palace, and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. So we see here uh, that Peter was following the Lord afar off. He decided to see what was going to happen, but he was afar off. When Peter found himself surrounded by the Lord's enemies, it became hard for him to stand with the Lord anymore. Uh, Now uh, he takes the low road and denies that he even knows the Lord. There in verses 69 through 74, he denied with an oath even. He he swore. He says, hey, my speech don't bereave me. I, I, I don't talk like these guys. And he began to cuss and swear, the Bible says there. Essentially, all backsliding begins in the same manner. Instead of staying as close to the Lord as we should, we begin to follow Him afar off. We, we begin to follow him afar off. It may begin as simply missing a few services at, at, at church. Maybe you, you just uh, stop praying as often as you should. And maybe your Bible reading isn't as open and, and read as frequently as it should be. Whatever or whenever or however it begins, it will eventually lead to the same place as it did for Peter. It will eventually lead you into a backslidden, uh, cold condition away from God. Peter's problem was that he found himself in the wrong place. I want you I want to be as clear as I can be. Some of you in here today may be in that wrong place as well. You aren't as close to the Lord as you should be, as you know you ought to be. You've kind of strayed away from the Lord. Now you haven't lost your salvation, but you've lost that fellowship, that love, that fervor that you once had for the Lord. You see, you need to be rekindled. You need to rekindle that fire once again and make things right with him. Being in the wrong place is a dangerous place to be in. But then I want you to notice the pain. When Peter denied the Lord that night, the Bible tells us that he went out and wept bitterly. 
He wept bitterly. Peter was miserable in his condition. He knew that he had wronged the Lord. He knew that he had violated uh, something very precious and very sacred. He was a miserable man. Can I tell you, when you have sin in your life, when you're, not a, when you're away from the Lord, you are miserable. It is with every child of God who decides to walk away from the will of God, you will soon realize that sin brings with it pain, suffering, and misery. Gone with the praise of, of God and uh, the, the peace of God and with His presence. And, and gone will be the power and the joy in your soul that is worth more than gold. Uh, sin is a thief and a robber. It destroys innocence and effectiveness. Sin has the ability to make you into a very miserable person. Think about the prodigal son. Was he happy in the pig pen with no money and no friends? No, his primary thought during that time was how much better he had would have been if he was in his father's house. Sin will make you miserable, and if it doesn't, then you probably aren't saved. But then I want you to notice the price. After Peter sinned, he felt a definite loss of fellowship, of peace, and joy. He knew that things were different. I'm, I'm speaking primarily to, uh, to those who claim to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You need to know that when you decide to walk a different path, walk down uh, than the, the path the Lord wants you to, you, and your decision carries with it a very heavy price. If you're saved, then you can expect to lose much when you, are, when you walk away from the Lord. You'll never lose your salvation. Let's, I want to make that ultimately clear tonight. If you're saved just because you decide to, uh, uh, to walk away and, and start living in, in some kind of sin or something that does not take your salvation away because it wasn't you that was holding your salvation, but it does destroy your fellowship with God. You no longer have that sweet harmony anymore. See, you can never lose your salvation, but you will feel like you have. You can most certainly lose your fellowship with the Lord. There will be a loss of peace, joy, and contentment. There will be, there will be loss of blessings and rewards. Sin is a cruel taskmaster, master, and it will beat you silly. Peter failed, and he failed miserably. However, many of us that say that we would never do anything like that. We would never do anything like that, but we are guilty of denying the Lord also. I'm certain that, every, that, that there are several who need to come before the Lord and make some things right before Him. Because we are all guilty from time to time of turning away from the Lord and not obeying His voice. But then I want you to notice Peter's foolishness. Back in our text in John chapter 21, verse 3, Notice Simon Peter saith unto him, them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. You see, his foolishness is seen in his choices. After the resurrection, Peter 
must have assumed that his ministry was over. He had denied the Lord, and so he decided to run, return to his old way of life. And I'm sure that he might have tried to justify it by saying, well, I, need, I have a family to support. Whatever his motivation, Peter had been called to forsake all those things and to follow Jesus. The Lord's call had been uh, to come out from among them and to, to be fishers of men. People who are out of God's will always make the wrong choices. They always base their decisions on fleshly appetites over spiritual ones. You see, this is what Peter did, and he was foolish because of it. There, was, uh, there may be some here who have started back to their old life. You may even be able to justify it to some degree in your own mind, but you'll, you'll, you need to know that if you're not following the Lord and loving Him like you should, like Peter, you too are backslid out of God's will. And that may sound harsh, but it's the truth. Your spiritual condition, it shows on you. It shows in your priority, on the, uh, the, the place of priority you put the things in your life. The things of God, they don't come first anymore. Don't think for a minute that you're fooling anyone. The only person you're fooling is yourself. But it's then also, it's seen in his companions. When Peter went back to the old life, he took others with him. The, these other disciples were, weren't as sold out for Christ as they should have been. If they had been, they would have been waiting on the Lord as he told them to wait there in Galilee and wait on him. Have you ever noticed that sin loves company? When a person backslides, they usually aren't content to go by themselves. They want to drag other people with them. You see, it, 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 we see it all the time in families. Uh, one will go cro uh, begin to go cold on God, and then it, it starts bleeding through the family. And before you know it, the whole family is out of the will of God, not living for God, not going to church, not reading their Bibles, not praying, not having a time of fellowship with Him. What a shame it is when we feel the need to drag others into the same foolish pit that we placed ourselves in. What equally sad is the fact that there are always some who are willing to follow. You see, why are things this way? Because we surround ourselves with people, with people who are on the same level as us. If we're right with God, we want to be round folks that are right with God, that are iron sharpeneth iron. But when we're not right with God, we're not living for God, we want to surround ourselves with people that are in the same boat. See, if we are out of God's will, we will feel rebuked by the lives of those who are living for the Lord and seek out those who are like we are. Sadly, we will often try to re reproduce spiritual temperature, uh, reduce the spiritual temperature in our lives. This is merely an effort to make self more comfortable. But then it's also seen in the consequences. Peter and his men fished all night long, and they caught nothing, the Bible says. Not one single fish. 
Most of these men had been professional fishermen all their life. How miserable it must have felt for them, how devastating it must have felt to them that they didn't catch one fish. They toiled and labored all night and produced nothing of value. This is just the way it works for those who are out of out living in sin. No matter what they try to accomplish in their own power, their own strength, it has always come to naught. The prodigal son found this out as he sat in the pig pen and watched the hogs eat those husks. He couldn't even fill his own belly through his self-efforts. I want to remind every person that you are totally dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. You can produce nothing of lasting value of your own efforts. Some might argue that they have a living, uh, that they're living a slack Christian life and that they are still thriving and prosperously, uh, uh, materially and physically. Uh, may I remind you that both of those things are not life last, they're not lasting. Those are temporary things. In the final analysis, all that lasts are those things that you've done for Christ. Many Christians will see their entire lives in flames. But then I want you to notice in verses 4 of our text through verse 17, notice Peter's friend. Even though Peter had wandered into sin, he still had, hadn't gone so far that the Lord had stopped loving him. Aren't you thankful for that? Peter still had a friend in a very high place. That friend made it all the difference for Peter, and he will do the same for you as well. Notice in verses 4 through 7 that he found him. Look there, it says, But when the morning was come, uh, now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye meat, any meat? And then they, the, they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the nets on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find... They cast therefore, and now uh, they were not able to draw in for the multitudes of fishes. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt uh, his fisher's coat uh, unto him, uh, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as, uh, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the nets with fishes. Notice he found them after the sin, after they, they returned to the old life, after a long night of failure, Jesus stepped on the scene and in a few minutes turned everything around and made things like they ought to be. What a difference. There was a change in Peter. Notice three things that changed when Jesus came by. Number one, Peter was forced to admit his failure. Look there in verse 5 again. It says, Then Jesus said unto him, Children, have you any meat? And he answered, No. See, this is the first step in coming back home. 
There must be an acknowledgement of sin and wrongdoing. 1 John 1, 1.9 If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The prodigal son recognized this as, as well. But then number two, Peter started to obey Jesus again. Verse 6, he tells them to cast their nets on the other side. He stopped doing the things Peter's way and started doing them the Lord's way. This brought success where there had been only failure. Do you think think for one minute these professional fishermen thought okay I'll cast on this side but only on this side tonight no if they're not catching I don't know about you I've went out fishing a few times I'm not a big fisherman okay Uh, but I've went out a few times and if you're not catching anything over here you don't just keep fishing there they're not biting there what do you do? You maybe turn, you throw over here, you throw over here, or you throw over here. You, you try to find where the fish are biting. These guys are professional fishermen. They've, they had been thinking, God, you don't even know what you're talking about. But then whenever they obeyed, they found success. But then, number three, Peter was, has a renewed desire to be near the Lord. Notice what he do. He didn't wait on the other boat to, he swam to the shore. He, found, he wanted to get, he, was, he wasn't willing to wait for a more convenient time, but he went immediately to the Lord. If you are one of those who have wandered away from the Father's house and are presently walking in a far country, then you need to know that you still have a friend that loves sinners. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. He still loves you as much right now as he ever has. He just wants you to come to the place that Peter had to come to. He wants you to be willing to confess your sins, begin again and follow him and just love him like you ought to. By the way, no matter where you run, the Lord will find you. He will not let you get away. He has too much invested in you. Why not come home right now? But then I want you to notice, not only did he find him, but he fed him. Verses 9 through 14, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but when Peter and the other disciples reached the shore, they found Jesus had a fire prepared and with fish already cooking. They found there with the Savior all the things that needed they needed after being on a Uh, a boat fishing all night. They found food, warmth, and fellowship. They found a Savior who loved them and who had all the provisions and place that they needed. Everything they lacked on the boat, they found when they came to Jesus. Some of you have toiled and labored since you've been away from the Lord. You're miserable, there's no peace, no joy in your life, and you need to get right back with the Lord. See, Peter found a waiting, or the, the uh, prodigal son, he found a waiting father. He found compassion, forgiveness, cleansing, total restoration, restoration, and food for his hungry soul. And that's what Peter found. I'm here to tell you that if you will return to the Father today, you will, you will find all this and more waiting for you. No matter how far you've wandered away, he's waiting. But then... In verses 15 through 17, he freed him. 
Look there in verse 15, it says, So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. And he said again to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said, uh, he saith unto him a third time, Simon, uh, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou shouldest not. In these verses, we find the Lord Jesus recommissioning Simon Peter for service. I'm sure that Peter felt that his work and his ministry was gone forever. Let me say this, that Satan wants to destroy your testimony. And whenever you... If you ever lose your testimony, you feel like you can't ever be used again. feel like, I might as well just sit on the bench. But can I tell you, God can use you. God can still use you. He can still put you back in the fight. This was a time of unique fellowship and restoration between Jesus and Simon Peter. In these few verses, Jesus freed Peter from the bondage of his sin and failure and set him back about the business of serving the Lord and his church. The same will be true for every backslidden child of God who returns to the Father's house. Not only will, you return, uh, will He forgive you your sins, He will restore you back to the place of service, uh, uh, of serving Him once again. He will put you back on the battlefield. He, he longs to meet with you and put you back in the place of service. You still have a friend in Jesus, regardless of how far you've fallen. But then I want you to notice the last thing. Notice Peter's future. In verse 18 and 19, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signified by what death he should glorify God. And when he had uh, spoken this... He saith in him, follow me. What would the future hold for this restored man of God? Notice what happens. He said it's going to be one of service or one of sacrifice. Peter would eventually give his life for the Lord who had saved him and who had restored him. Peter's call was literally the following uh, uh, was to follow Jesus to death. Tradition states that Peter uh, was eventually crucified on the cross, but he wanted to, by his request, he wanted to be uh, crucified upside down, saying that he wasn't worthy to be crucified the, uh, uh, the same way Christ was, die the same way. If you decide to come home and make a renewed commitment to the Lord Jesus, 
you need to know that this thing's serious. God expects you to be serious about your decision that he, and He expects you to follow Him in a sacrificial lifestyle that places His will above your own. That is the only formula for true success in the Christian life. Saying, Lord, it's not me. I trust you in all things, no matter if it's my health, my wealth, my family. It doesn't matter. God, I trust you. I'm following you. But then it's one of service. Peter's told that his life from this moment forward is to glorify the Lord. He is no longer to live for self, but to live everything is to bring glory to God. God's plan is the same for every born-again child of God, is to bring glory to His name. There are no doubt many who need to come today and repent for living for self and say, Lord, I want to start living for you once again. But then, verse 19, again says it's a one of surrender. The last, things, the last things Jesus does is give Peter a commandment. He says, follow me. The last call is the same as the first. You notice that? When Jesus found Peter and called him to the first time, this was his command. He recommissioned Peter. He issues the same call. This tells us that the Lord hasn't changed his mind about Peter or about Peter's duty before the Lord. Regardless of how deep you may have fallen into your sin, please know today that the Lord hasn't changed his mind. He still loves you and he still wants you serving him. He still wants you to bring glory to his name. You might want to repent and come home to him, but feel that if you do, you will be some kind of second-class saint. I believe that's hogwash. God can get the glory from a testimony of someone that is just, hey, we've all been places where we've backslidden away from God from time to time. Maybe you haven't, but I have. And God can use that testimony for His glory and for our good. Just like Peter, he's saying, follow me. All Jesus wants from you is a surrendered life. One that has lived for the glory of God. One that exalts him and his service. He simply wants you just to follow him. I'd like to bring this message to a close in this series to a close with this. What does the future hold for you? Does it hold chastisement, misery, and difficulty, or does it hold joy, peace, and blessings, and glory for the Lord? The call or the answer depends on what you do. It's your choice. You want to please self, or do you want to please the Savior? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you, like Peter, may be toiling while Jesus stands calling to you today. Please understand that if you do not have, you do not have to remain in that same position, that same distance away from God. I want to invite you to find a place at the altar this evening and remember that Jesus is a friend to sinners. No matter what you've done, we have a, we have a friend in the Savior. He stands waiting for you to come home. 
Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this lesson that you've put upon my heart, and Lord, that you've spoke to me about. Lord, how many times I've, I've had to call on you for forgiveness and for restoration. And Lord, you've, I've always found you faithful to, to forgive me and to put me back into a place of restoration, a place of where I can continue to serve you. And Lord, I ask tonight that if there's one here that's not living for you like they should, Lord, that you put a new zeal in their heart. Lord, that they would realize their need to come and repent and, and Lord, just to turn from their wicked ways. Lord, I ask that you would do a work that only you could get the glory for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Miss Evelyn's going to begin playing softly. I'm going to... Just challenge you if God spoke to your heart, if there's a place at the altar. As you're in an attitude of prayer, do have a few petitions tonight. Would ask that you would remember Loretta McGill. Uh, Loretta McGill, she's uh, back in the uh, um, recovery center, um, and uh, ask that she's kind of discouraged, but also weak. And so, would ask she asks that you would pray for her, Loretta McGill. Would ask also, we're supposed to close on our house March the 5th, so that's a praise. I uh, just pray that everything continues to uh, go well there and that we're able to close on March the 5th. All right. Someone else have a prayer request tonight? Yes, Faith. Uh, Mr. Gosnell, uh, this is a man in, well, young man in uh, Faith's class. Um, he, um, he's not doing well at all. And uh, uh, his dad, I'm sorry, his dad's not doing well at all. And so um, the family needs lots of prayers physically. Uh, they're a good Christian family, uh, but just need lots of prayers. So remember the Gosnell family. All right, someone else? Yes, Miss Melinda? Yes, I saw where he passed away. Um, Mr. Arsenal's uh, dad passed away. Went home to be with the Lord this week. So pray for them. Are they still down there? Are they? Okay. So pray for the Arsenals as they will be going through this time of bereavement, uh, but also as they head back. Yes, Ms. Suzanne. Okay. And uh, yes.
Okay, anyone else? Yes. Okay, pray for Miss Marla. She's got a, she gets migraines, so pray for her. She's not feeling well tonight. Then also continue to pray for Miss Evelyn. She will uh, be having the baby here pretty soon, so pray for the doctors, pray for the family, and uh, pray for Janie. She's going to be a big sister, and she's looking forward to going to Nanny and Poppy's. Uh, so remember the family. All right, anyone else? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to pray, to lift our petitions to you, knowing that if we, uh, Lord, will pray according to your will, that we can ask anything. And Lord, we ask tonight that uh, for these prayer requests, Lord, we know it's your will that not any should perish. And Lord, we're so tonight the most pertinent, the most important need that we have is those that are on the salvation list. And Lord, I think of uh, Cody and Aaron and uh, for uh, Christy's ex-husband David and for um, um, uh, Macy and Ryan. And uh, Lord, I just ask that you would just intervene on their behalf before it's eternally too late. Lord, that you would uh, save them. Lord, I ask that you would uh, be with those others that uh, no doubt are on each of our hearts. We have family members. We have friends. Uh, Lord, we have acquaintances that... Uh, Lord, that we know that aren't living for you and um, pro probably not saved. And Lord, I pray that you would save them before it's eternally too late. Lord, I think of uh, Miss Loretta McGill as she's kind of discouraged. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, give her comfort and Lord, also uh, uh, give her strength. I know she has a desire to be back home. Lord, I pray that you would be with them, with her. Lord, for our upcoming closing date on March the 5th, Lord, if it be thy will, Lord, I pray that everything will go according to your uh, will and plan. And Lord, things will uh, so will work out for uh, for that closing. Lord, for Mr. Gosnell, Lord, as he's uh, got cancer and not doing well, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be with the family and be with uh, the doctors as they uh, take care of uh, this man. Lord, for uh, Miss uh, Suzanne's uh, prayer request of our 2020 election, Lord, we need, we need you to intervene once again. And Lord, we ask that you would just do a work. Lord, also for David and Hannah and the loss of uh, their babies, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, comfort them, give them peace, and and just uh, just be with them. For Miss Marla, she's not feeling well tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help her to feel better and to uh, to ease her pain. Lord, also for Miss um, Evelyn, as she's uh, uh, be having the the baby soon. Lord, I pray that uh, you would be uh, with her and Lord with the baby. Is uh, pray that everything. Uh, will go well, that the baby's healthy and mama's healthy, and Lord, I pray that you would just uh, guide and direct there. Lord, uh, also for um, um, other prayer requests, Lord, that I might have forgotten tonight, Lord, you know each uh, uh, thing that's on our hearts, and Lord, we ask that you would just uh, just be with us, and uh, Lord, I pray that you be with our church, help us to be a church that uh, that loves you, and that uh, is about your business and uh, that loves people. And I pray that we'll see souls saved and lives changed. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name.
Amen. All right. Thank you so much for being here. You are dismissed.